welcome to Empowered Living with Evangelist Robin Sherrod. Grace and peace and welcome to Empowered Living with Evangelist Robin Sherrod. I am so glad that you have decided to join us today because here at Empowered Living, we add value to your life as we point you to Jesus Christ. We are here to strengthen that horizontal relationship that you and I have with the word of the Lord so that in turn, it will empower the vertical relationship that you and I have with our Father, which is in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Lord, making intercession for you and I. Again, I am so glad that you have decided to join us today because here at Empowered Living, we focus on the benefits and not the barriers of life. We focus on the benefits and not the barriers of life. I am excited about the word of the Lord that is going to be shared today. We're going to be coming from out of the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. So go ahead and get your Bibles, get your iPads, get your tablets, go ahead and get your writing materials so then you can follow along and then afterwards meditate on the word of the Lord. Meditate on what God is going to speak to you specifically about your situation. Again, I am so excited about sharing the word of the Lord. Our topic today that we're going to be talking about is being determined despite distractions. Can you say that with me? I'm going to be determined despite distractions. Make sure you write it loud, you type it loud, whatever you need to do. Just make sure that it's loud, that I'm going to be determined despite distractions. And we're going to look at the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is such a story of strength. It's a, such a story of purpose and a great book of leadership. So if you are a leader, whether you're a leader in your homes, whether you are a leader on your jobs, whether you're a, a leader in some type of other organization, maybe within your church, the book of Nehemiah is an excellent book to study if you want to learn more about biblical leadership and how to handle yourself in stressful situations. There are other wonderful Bible um, stories and not only stories, but word of the Lord that, that comes throughout uh, of different men and different women and how God used them in so many different capacities throughout the scripture. So I am just excited again about the study that I've been able to do on Nehemiah and his life and how it is so applicable to our day and times here in which we are right now. So we're going to be talking about determined despite distractions. And if I was to have a subtopic, it would simply be, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Now, before we get into our study today, I want to share a praise report. It just does my heart so much joy when we are able to, to see that the broadcast and how it's blessing so many people. I thank God for all the viewers that have tuned in and not only that, how you have gone and visited the website and many of you throughout this broadcast have accepted salvation and you have let me know that you have accepted salvation because you've gone to our website and we've been able to share more information with you. I want you to know that accepting Jesus Christ is the most important and is the most valuable decision that you and I will ever make in our life. God has a plan for your life, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11. The Bible says that the plan that he has for us, it is a plan, not only a plan, but the plans, because it's plural, 
that he has for us. These are plans that he has a hope, that he has a future for us, that it is not a future full full of harm that he wants to bring upon us because we do not serve a God that would harm us in any way. So with that, as you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, know that he is with you. He is going to be with you. He's going to walk with you. He's going to talk with you. He is going to lead and guide you. And there's nothing better in your life than being led by the Lord. According to Romans 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, the scripture talks about salvation and it speaks about how do we receive salvation? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, it says that we shall be saved. But we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says that we shall be saved because we're confessing with our mouth and we are believing with our heart. So it is just that simple that we repent. We have to repent though now. We just cannot speak those things, but we do need to repent. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, I've been trying to do this on my own for such a long period of time, and I have failed. I can't do this in my own strength, but I need you. And do you know God is right there? He loves you with an everlasting love. I'm speaking to somebody right now. Someone, you have tuned in. You have tried everything. You tried relationships. You tried your career. You tried changing careers, you tried changing relationships, you tried to reinvent yourself, but nothing seems to be working. I want you to know what does work, and what does work is salvation. What does work is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. What does work is having Jesus to lead and guide you every step of the way, being led by Jesus, having the Holy Spirit in your life that's um, speaking with you, that's leading you and just guiding you. There's nothing like it. I can talk about salvation for this whole entire time, but I want you to know that God loves you and that you can accept Jesus as your personal Savior. And if you have done so, please go to our website. We have information that we want to share with you as well. Now, let's get back to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 6 is what we are going to be looking at, verses 1 through uh, 4. And the scriptures reads as such, and I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version of the Bible. It says, Now it came to pass, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why? Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times now after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Praise be unto God for the reading of his word again. 
Our subject today, determined despite distractions. And if I was to have a subtitle, it would simply be, I don't have time for that. Now let us look at Nehemiah. Again, Nehemiah chapter six, verses one through four, but we're going to go back to the beginning of Nehemiah. We find here that Nehemiah, that he's speaking to his friends. He's speaking to the brethren. And he's asking them a question. He's asking them about the Jews, the, the, uh, the Jews. He's asking them about Jerusalem and the Jews. And he's asking them about how are things going? And the brethren began to tell him. They began to share that things are not going well, that the walls are torn down, that the gates have been burnt, that there's, you know, that there's no protection in the city. And this begins to burden Nehemiah. Nehemiah begins to become a bit saddened by this situation and he's burdened by it. But as Nehemiah being the leader that he is, the first thing that he does is that he pauses. And so this is something that you and I can look at as being leaders, whether we're leaders in our home, leaders in our profession, leaders wherever we are in our life. Sometimes when things come that rub us the wrong way, if you will, sometimes things come that are disappointing, sometimes things come that are discouraging, oftentimes the first thing we want to do is to spring into action. But what did Nehemiah do? Nehemiah decided, he said, I'm going to pause. And in that pausing, he did something else. He went and he prayed. He went and he prayed unto the Lord and he asked the Lord. He said, God, I'm coming before you. First of all, that I want to come before you in repentance. He comes repenting on behalf of Jerusalem. He comes repenting on behalf of the Jews. And he's telling the Lord, he said, I know that we've done wrong. I know that the people have done wrong, Lord. And I'm praying, God, that you would just spare them, Lord, that you will bless your people, God. But then Nehemiah takes it a step further and he begins to even add himself in there. He says, you know what, Lord, I have done this thing wrong. I have not always been right. When is the last time that you put yourself on the altar in such a way? You know, often times when people do things or we find out that uh, something has happened that's disappointing to us or, or something that has let us down, oftentimes we want to bring the people before the Lord. Think about your job. Think about those people on your job that may agitate you. Those people that are rubbing you, if you will, the wrong way. Those people that are not being upcoming. Those people that are trying to set you up or do things and, and you bring them to the Lord. You bring them to the altar and you're like, Lord, fix this situation. I need you to go in, God. I need you to move on my behalf. I need you to change the environment, God. I need you to shift. I need you to do whatever it is that we're asking God to do. But then the Lord says, what about you? Are you bringing yourself to the altar? Are we bringing ourselves to the altar? Are we asking God, God, what about me? Lord, I'm the one that's standing in the need of prayer. Lord, I'm the one right now that needs to have prayer, God. I'm the one, God. So when is the last time? So Nehemiah as a leader, he brings himself to the altar. And then once he does that, he gets up and then he begins to proceed. So first of all, he pauses. He does not react to the situation out of his emotion. Secondly, he prayed before the Lord, which is what we need to do. And then he proceeds and God gives him a plan to proceed because he asked the Lord, he said, God, give me a plan. Give me a plan. Give me favor, God, with the king. Let me be able to go before the king and to be able to know what to say and how to say. When is the last time we prayed and asked God, Lord, how do I approach my boss? How do I approach this situation? that I'm 
going through right now? How do I change the atmosphere because of my uh, because of me uh, stepping in and moving into a, a different rim, God? Instead of me coming outside of my inside of my flesh to this situation, let me come out of the spirit, Father, instead. So Nehemiah he prays, and and so then afterwards, now he doesn't just go straight to the king and, and tell the king, Lord, this is what the Lord said unto me. No, there was some time that had passed before he went before the king and spoke about it. Now he was before the king at all times because he was the cupbearer. And for those of you that understand the cupbearer's um, uh, role during this particular time, the cupbearer was the one who would drink of the drink and who would eat before the king did so that if there was anything poisonous or there was anything that would cause the king to ail or to be sick or, or to die, actually the cupbearer would be the first one to go because of the simple fact that they would be the one that would be consuming things before the king would. So the cupbearer was with the king at all times and Nehemiah was with the king at most of the time. However, he did not bring his burden or his concern before the Lord, I mean before the king, um, before God's timing. That's important for you and I as leaders. Again, we have to be in the perfect timing of the Lord. We may have something that's in our hearts. We may have something that's on our spirit, but God is not, but God is saying to us, not now. I want you just to, to, to continue to do what you're doing and I'm going to give you the right timing. And so he gave Nehemiah the right timing and Nehemiah came before the king. Again, you can read it in Nehemiah chapter, uh, uh, the first chapter all the way through to the chapter that we up right now that we are at right now but Nehemiah he went before the king and the king saw his continence now as the cupbearer you never went before the king with a say a continence because that was just a sure giveaway that something was wrong and you could actually be killed for that but Nehemiah went before the king and his continence was not the same and the king asked him he said Nehemiah what is it what is the problem what is it why do you have such a say continents. And Nehemiah began to explain to him. He began to tell him and he began to share with him, you know, what was laid on his heart regarding the, the Jerusalem and regarding the Jews and going to rebuild the temple and to be able to institute the gates. And so he asked the king, the king asked him, brother, how long are you going to be gone for? Nehemiah didn't get an attitude and say, what you mean asking me how long I'm going to be gone for? No, Nehemiah, listen, Nehemiah, he, he stilled himself and he told the king, he said, king, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to go do this and then this is how long I'm going to be gone for. And the king, because of the submissiveness of Nehemiah, he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you extra. He said, I'm going to have those that's going to go with you to be able to make sure that you get there safely. Because Nehemiah had asked the king, he said, could you give me some papers so that my way would be made easy, that I would not come up against any opposition as I go. But the king said, I'm going to take it a little further than that. I'm going to have people that's going to escort you there. Don't you know when you do things the way God would have it to be done, when you walk in leadership the way God would have you to walk in leadership, 
relationship, it is not going to be sometimes where things are going to be easy. We're going to find what Nehemiah, he's going to face great opposition. But before he left, there are a few things that he took with him. He took with him the favor of God, number one. And then he also took with him prayer and he took with him the protection of the Lord. Those things are so important as we move forward and doing what God has called us to do, that we have to have our walk to be saturated in prayer. We have to have the presence of God, the anointing of the Lord saturated upon us, the anointing of the Lord leading and guiding us. And as we do that, favor upon favor is going to come to us. And people are going to be able to notice it just like they noticed with Nehemiah. Don't have you ever noticed sometimes when God, when he leads us into where he wants us to be, as we're walking into the direction that he wants us to walk in, that these doors are open. There are other people who tried to walk through that door and that door was closed or that door, that door was rough for them to walk through. And they trying to figure out how is it that God just opens up the door for you. Well, he opens up the door for, for us because we have become submitted to him. We went to him and we asked him, God, how do I do this? How do I operate? And this is what Nehemiah did so that he could be determined, so that he could be empowered because of the distractions that was going to come his way. So Nehemiah, he sets out on his journey. Now, keep in, keep in mind now, Nehemiah had a mandate. His mandate, as he, as he went to Jerusalem, his mandate was to rebuild the walls and to institute the gates. Now, the walls represented power, it represented strength, it represented peace, it represented protection, and those gates, those gates were important because at the gates were, things began to happen at the gates. And, and some of the things that happened at those gates was that there was the seat of authority. You can find that in Ruth chapter four, verse 11. The seats of authority was at the gates. You can also find that there was wisdom that was uttered at the gates, according to Proverbs chapter one, verse 21. And that there was justice that was administered at the gates. Deuteronomy chapter 16, uh, verse 18. So we see here that Nehemiah understood what his purpose was. Now, there was the first group of exiles that went back to Jerusalem and they were led by Zerubbabel. Now Zerubbabel, when he led them, his mandate was to rebuild the temple. Then there was a second uh, exile and that was with um, Ezra. And Ezra was a priest and Ezra was a scribe. And so his mandate was to institute the reforms. And that's what uh, uh, Ezra did. And now here we have Nehemiah. And Nehemiah has what God has told him to do. Don't you know there's so much to be done in the kingdom that there is no need for competition? You notice Nehemiah didn't try to go back and say, you know what, let me try to go back and institute these reforms right now. Let me try to go back and rebuild what, what has already been rebuilt. No, he knew that his work was important. Do you and I know the work that God has called us to do is important? What, Whether or not, it doesn't matter what it is. God could be calling you to a place of prayer right now. Don't you know that's important? Intercessory prayer is important. God could be calling you uh, back to a place for, for to bring order into your own life so that you can help to bring order to the organization, to the churches that you are part of. Don't 
don't despise small beginnings. That's the word of the Lord. It's in the Bible. It says we are not to despise small beginnings. The word of the Lord says that we shall be faithful over a few things and God will make us ruler over many. So be faithful over what God has called you to be and to call what God has called you to do. If he called you to work in the mail room, be faithful over what he's called you to do in the mail room. If he's called you to the boardroom, be faithful to what he's called you into the boardroom because you don't know where and what you're doing and how you're sowing the seed. You're blooming where you're planted so that God can enlarge and God can expand your territory just as he is about to do in the life of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah understood uh, what his mandate was. Now, he may not have even understood the significance of what that was going to bring about years to come. So what do I mean by that? Now, when Nehemiah, when he instituted the gates, one of the first gates that he instituted was the sheep gate. Now, the sheep gate was the first gate that was instituted. And then there was the remaining gates in a clockwise manner. Now, the sheep gate was important because that was the gate of worship. That was the gate of worship. So what Nehemiah was doing first, he was saying, God, you know what? I'm going to honor you with my worship. I'm going to show the people. The people are going to know. We as the people are going to honor you in our worship. And don't you know that was an area that the Jews struggled with, was the area of worship because of idols, because they wanted to bring about and take the idols of the people that was around them, but God wanted them to only worship the true and living God. So Nehemiah instituted the sheep gate, which is the gate of worship. This is where the sacrifices would be coming into this particular gate. Now, I want you to think about it. Now, Nehemiah, he didn't have the word of the Lord like we have the word of the Lord today. Now, we're going to connect the Old Testament with the New Testament. Now, travel with me over to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. We find here that there's a man and he's at the pool of Bethesda. He has the pool of Bethesda and he's been in a condition for 38 years and he has come. He comes year after year after year and there's an angel that comes that troubles the water. And the first one that gets into that pool, that's the one that is healed. So on this particular time and this particular journey, we know that this was a divine assignment. Jesus is on the scene and he's speaking to this man and he's asking this man, a question. He said, will thou be made whole? And this man begins to say, he says, you know, there's no one to put me in the pool when the pool is troubled. And God said, you know what? He said, I want you to take up your bed and I want you to rise and I want you to walk. He said, I want you to be healed and I want you to be set free. Do you know where this man was? This man was at the sheep gate. Come on now. This man was at the sheep gate. So what does that mean for you and I? What that that means bringing the then into the now. What it means is that we don't know what we're doing now and how it's going to have an effect later. Nehemiah had no idea that with him instituting that sheep gate, that through the corridors of time, that there was going to be a man that had been an invalid for 30 
38 years that was going to be at that pool at that particular time when the Lamb of God, come on now, that, that the Lamb of God was at the pool at that particular time at the gate, which was the sheep gate. So what am I saying? You and I, we don't know what we're doing. The seeds that we're sowing now, how it's going to bring forth a harvest later. We don't know that how we are pouring into our children, how as we pour into them, as we spend time with them, as we show them how to pray, as we show them how to live before the Lord, the rewards is going to be reaped down later. We don't know sometimes when God is telling us to take our hammer and he's taking our nail and he's asking us to build for him. God, what does this mean, God? You know, how come, you know, it doesn't seem like there's nothing positive coming from this. I don't see anything being produced from my nail and from my hammer, but you and I don't know that throughout the corridors of time, what that is going to do. That time could be one month. That time could be six months. That time could be five months. That time could be five days. But whatever it is, you and I don't know how our hammer and how our nails, and as we build for the kingdom of God, what is going to be resulting down the road. Nehemiah had no idea. He never met this man at the pool of Bethesda, but it was because of him building in Nehemiah that the wall, he instituted that gate that down the corridors of time again, that this man was able to be made whole. So I want to share with you and, and, and encourage you that you got to keep on building. You have to be determined despite those distractions. Distractions are going to come. Distractions are going to try to take you away and we're going to continue on with our study and you're going to get more information about, uh, we're going to explore the scripture even the more to find out about all the other enemies that came against Nehemiah. But I want you to take away a few things as we get ready to close this particular broadcast out. I want you to take away, first of all, that as a leader, you being a leader in your homes, you being a leader on your job, you being a leader in the sphere of your particular influence, that you and I must know, first of all, that when something is brought to us that, that, that brings us down in our spirit or try to tamper us in our spirit, we need to pause, number one. It is not the time to just go out and do something rash. We need to pause and and then secondly, we need to pray. We need to pray and we need to not only pray for the situation, but we need to pray for ourselves and ask God, how do we handle the situation? And then we need to ask God, how do I proceed? God, give me a strategic plan, God. Show me how and what it is that I am to do. And once we do that, and once we pause, we pray and we proceed, then we walk in the favor of the Lord as we are determined despite distractions. And we're going to find out how all this foundation, this foundation that's been laid here now, that how it is going to be such a blessing to those that are in Jerusalem, a blessing to the kingdom of God and a blessing to the building up of the kingdom. Don't you know that you and I have a mandate and that is to build up the kingdom of God. So I want you to know and I want you to be encouraged that God has a plan for your life according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, that he wants you to walk in victory. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every listener right now, God, that you by your spirit will move in their lives. God, give them the spirit and tenacity to not be determined, to be determined despite distractions. God, I pray, Father God, for a spirit of endurance and perseverance to be upon every single 
person that's listening today, God. I pray for healing. I pray for deliverance in their bodies, God. I pray for their mind, Father. I pray, God, that the Son, that whom the Son set free, as free indeed. I thank you, Father God, that they walk in victory and that they walk in power. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. If you'd like to stay connected with Robin Sherrod Deliverance Ministries, visit us at robinsherrod.com. Partner with us for weekly devotionals, candid conversations, Q&A, and a behind-the-scenes look at ministry life. We'd love to hear from you on social media and look forward to connecting with you next week.